0: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelsner.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today's show is sponsored by Social Media Marketing World 2017, the conference you absolutely do not want to miss. I am super excited about today's show. I'll be joined by Sonny Leonarduzzi, and we're going to explore how to grow a business with YouTube. By the way, if you want to email me, podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. With that, let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery. After mediating a crocodile family dispute, look at what Michael Stelzner discovered. Do you ever find yourself perplexed with Google Analytics? You know it's important. You go in there, you feel like you're operating an airplane and you just can't figure it out. Well, guess what? Google has come out with a brand new free product that allows you to create visual dashboards very easily for either you, a customer, or your boss. And what's amazing about this, I've been fiddling around with this for a little bit, is it's super powerful. Here's how you find it. You go to datastudio.google.com. When you go there, you use your Google account to log in and you'll basically be presented with a blank palette. And you can begin creating whatever kind of dashboard that you want. And what you do is you first, you connect your Google Analytics account to this Data Studio. You can also connect other sources of data like even a Google Sheet. And then what you do is once you've connected the data sources, it's got all these little things like bar charts, pie charts, tables, geo maps, scorecards, and the list goes on and on. And you can essentially just drag these things, drag and drop onto this blank canvas. And you can put all the metrics that you care about on one page. You can even have a date range selector and even a source filter. When you're done creating this report, you can share this report with other people. I've created one just for me as the CEO of Social Media Examiner, and it includes our uh, traffic, whether we're up over the prior uh, year for the last 30 days, whether we're up over the prior period. It includes things like the revenue that we are generating, uh, whether our, our organic search is going up and down, how many email subscribers, we have on a graph cumulatively compared to the prior period, the sources of traffic, and even things like the uh, email conversion rates on the various sources. So in one sheet here, every day when I come in in the morning, I can see how well we are doing. It is really, really cool. Check it out, datastudio.google.com. Now over the last couple of weeks, you've heard me talk about social media marketing world our mega conference taking place in San Diego, California, you may be in a position where you have to convince someone like your boss to send you to this conference, probably because, you know, you don't have the financial decision making to go ahead and make this kind of a purchase and the airplane and the hotel and all that fun stuff. Well, we've made this easy for you. We've got an email with a flyer called the Convince the Boss Flyer. So when you visit our website, and you can get there very easily by going to socialmediaworld17.com, when you visit the website, you look along the right column, and you will see a little thing that says Convince the Boss. When you click on that, there's a flyer that you can download that's a PDF flyer, and there's an actual email that we have written for you. And you can just insert your details, send this email to your boss, and then wait for the yes. We have had so many people tell us, oh my gosh, he said yes, or she said yes, this email works like a charm. So if you know that you want to go to social media marketing world and you've just not known how to ask, this is where where we make it super easy for you. Join 4,000 social media marketers at the conference that is the leading and top conference in the world of social media marketing. Whether you're a marketer or a creator, this is the conference for you. Check it out by visiting socialmediaworld17.com. Let's transition over to that interview with Sonny Lenarduzzi.
0: To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest.
1: This week, I'm very excited to be joined by Sonny Lenarduzzi. If you don't know who she is, she is a video marketing expert. Previously, she was a TV news reporter and host of the Social Update from Hootsuite. She now produces regular videos focused on social media. She creates online courses and helps her clients find success with YouTube. Sunny, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here.
1: Today, Sunny and I are going to focus on how to grow a business with YouTube. So, Sunny, I want to back up a little bit and kind of... Have you share a little bit of your story? How did you get into YouTube? Let's let's hear wherever you want to start with the TV or whatever, whatever makes the most amount of sense for you.
0: Sure. Well, it's funny because one would think that I've planned this whole thing because my background is in broadcasting um, and television and actually a little bit of radio as well. But I fell into YouTube backwards. Um, I had a pretty successful social media company for about four and a half years. Um, Prior to that, I had worked in traditional media. So I worked as a news reporter, as you mentioned, and a uh, a journalist, even a weather girl at one point. Mm. Um, And then I... I noticed the trend that people didn't want to be spoken at. They wanted to be spoken to. Um, And Facebook started to come around and then Twitter came around. And I really just fell in love with social media and I fell in love with communicating with people. And ever since I was a little kid, I knew that if I could talk for a living and help people and communicate with people for a living, that's what I wanted to do. So I started, a, uh, an online magazine and I built the brand completely organically using YouTube as well as, um, all, all the different social media platforms. And then from there, I got noticed by quite a few companies locally in Vancouver, which is where I live. And then also international corporations. And I started doing consulting work and built up my social media consultancy. So I did that for four and a half years. I didn't tell anybody uh, really about what I did. Um, and, Then I noticed I kept getting the same questions over and over and over again from my clients. Um, Things like, how could you build your Twitter following or how to use Instagram video or things that just kept kept coming up frequently asked questions. And I thought, okay, I can't keep answering these one-on-one because I'm not getting any work done. So I'm going to just start answering them on videos. So I started making YouTube tutorials on all of these frequently asked questions and just sent them to my clients and thought maybe I'd get... I don't know, a couple hundred views on them. Uh, And then my first video tutorial that I created, I think it's at 80,000 views now. Um, And my channel over the last year has grown from zero views to 3 million. Um, And it's because I keep creating these YouTube tutorials, answering people's questions, and they're being found through search on YouTube.
1: When did you start making these tutorials? How many years ago?
0: Uh, I started not that long ago, not even two years ago. So it was March 29th, I believe, of 2015 is when I started.
1: Now, is that before or after you were doing the social update for Hootsuite?
0: That was after. So, um, so how'd you
1: get the gig with Hootsuite, if you don't mind me asking?
0: Uh, I actually went to them and prior to that, so there's a, there's a theme in everything I've done, but, um, I really did become obsessed with social media when it came out and I was working in different facets of traditional media. So I was covering sports, I was doing entertainment, I was doing community. Um, and then when social media came around, I was like, this is all I want to do. This is all I want to talk about. I'm so interested in how it's affecting businesses and also our interpersonal relationships and technology and all those things. So I actually created a role for myself on a morning show in Canada Um, And I was their social media and tech reporter. Um, So I covered all of the latest news on all of the social platforms and then any new technology that was coming out. And then from there, I came back to Vancouver because that morning show is in a different city. And I kept wanting to do this kind of content. And I also just noticed that there were so many people wanting to start their own social media businesses or were being thrown into roles working in social media in companies but didn't really know what they were doing. So I pitched Hootsuite. I went in and pitched their team and said, you know, your users are marketers, they're social media strategists. And I bet you would be really helpful if you had one three minute video a week that told them what the newest trends are and the newest tricks and techniques are. Um, So we partnered on it and uh, we came up with the concept. I hosted it and uh, we co-wrote it and it did really, really well. And that was further proof to me that this kind of information was really helpful to people.
1: Well, that's how I first uh, discovered you. Um, mm-hmm. Was I? People would say, "Hey, have you checked out this gal, Sunny, and and these cool uh, videos that she's doing for Hootsuite?" Because mm-hmm. it was kind of like a, it was kind of like a mini news segment, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was very sort of broadcast journalist focused.
1: Very cool. So, um, so you've been about what did you say about a year and a half or two years on your own building your YouTube channel after that gig? Is that right?
0: Yeah, I guess it would be, yeah, about a year and a half now. Yep.
1: So um, that's awesome. So all this background is to kind of help set the stage for what we're going to talk about next, which is mm-hmm. a lot of people listening right now, maybe they have a similar background to you, mm-hmm. or maybe they feel like they want to figure out how to grow a consultancy or build a business from scratch or even build a existing business better utilizing YouTube. So let's talk about that because I know you've been helping a lot of people figure that path out. So mm-hmm. what is the route? I mean, where do we start if we're interested in in building an actual business on the back of YouTube videos?
0: Right. So... I think the biggest thing to remember is that YouTube is still a social media platform as is Twitter, as is Facebook, as is Instagram. And so if you actually want to build a business, it's important that you own your own network. So the first thing I tell anybody that I work with is if you don't have an email list of your own yet, start one. Um, Because we've seen that algorithms change and they can really hurt your brand and your business. Um, And when you go from being able to reach your entire audience to only one to 2% on a platform like Facebook, it's it's harmful uh, to your promotion and your marketing. So an email list for me is key in actually getting your message out to the people who want to see it. So I always say that if you're going to start a business online, the first thing that you need to have is an email list. And for me, and for my clients, why YouTube is so vital to growing that list with targeted traffic uh, is because you can use it to provide these tutorials that people are searching for. So for example, I created a tutorial on how to get more views on, on YouTube. It now has about 200,000 views on it. And every single week I'm gaining about 200 email subscribers just from that video alone, because at the end of it, I'm offering a free download and a free checklist on more information on how to use YouTube SEO and grow your channel and get more views on your, uh, on your videos. So,
1: okay, hold on. I, we got to pause here for a second. Yes. So, um, at first I thought you were saying build a blog, have your videos on your blog and capture the visitors to your blog. But that's not what I hear you saying. Yes. What I hear you saying is go ahead and put your videos up on YouTube and capture email somehow on the end of the video. Exactly. Um, is that, is that what you're saying?
0: That's exactly what I'm saying. So I have a method that I use with my videos that I don't know if a lot of other people use, but um, for the first 24 hours on YouTube, it's the most vital to actually ranking your videos on page one of YouTube and also page one of Google. Um, So if you're ranked on the first page, I mean, if you think of your own habits, when you search for an answer to a a question or a solution to a problem, you don't generally go past the first page. That's why it's prime real estate. So if you're ranking there, you're getting all of this traffic. Um, And so in that first 24 hours, I only drive people to my actual YouTube video and keep them on the YouTube platform. And then I have a link below my videos and tell people where to get the the checklist, the cheat sheet, um, the guide, whatever the download is that I've made that goes along with that video, the link is right below my YouTube video. So that drives all of that traffic that's finding me and may not actually know about me yet because honestly, that's how my business grew so big in the last year is nobody's looking for me. Nobody's looking for Sunny doozy They're looking for how do I use Snapchat? How do I use Twitter? How do I get more views on YouTube? How do I use YouTube for business? And so I just happen to answer that question for them. And that's introducing me to my, this new audience and potentially thousands of new people a day. And then if I can capture those people and not just keep them on YouTube and have them forget about me, but capture them into an email list, that's growing my customer database. That's growing my potential customer database so that when I do have something to sell, I have this built-in list.
1: How are you actually, where's that destination link going to? Did did you set up a blog or are you using some other so, service? What are you doing?
0: So, I generally stick with lead pages, which is a really great tool. Um, so, I will drive people to a lead page that is designed in the same branding and everything else as my website. Um, and it has a link that says sunnyleonarducy.com slash video editing cheat sheet um, or whatever else it may be. Um, and so, it is a customized link, but it is built through lead pages.
1: And I would imagine, does lead pages allow you to host your pages on their website so that technically you don't even need a website?
0: Uh, yeah, they do actually. So it makes it a lot easier for sure.
1: Very cool. So, so you said the first part of the path is really to have a strategy to grow an email list, right? Because the email list is the one thing that you control. YouTube can change the rules as far as whether your subscribers are going to see the videos, but the email allows you to do something more. Do you email your um, subscribers every time you have a new video?
0: I do. So I, my strategy is well, and I, so I'll backtrack slightly on that. Um, the first step really is to think about your YouTube strategy long-term and also think about what you potentially want to sell um, for your business. So for me, I focus on video marketing as we've talked about. And so I knew eventually I was going to have a product focused on video marketing. Um, and so I wanted to create an opt-in, which is the freebie or the download that I give people that was directly related to that because then I'm, I'm attracting targeted quality leads. So the first thing that you want to think about is what do you potentially want to sell and how can you create some sort of a freebie around that, whether it's a cheat sheet or a checklist or some sort of a guide, um, and get that made so that when you make your first YouTube video, whether you get 10 hits on it or a hundred hits on it, you at least have that audience there who's going to opt into your email list and you can start building it that way. So that's step one. Um, hold but, on a second, sorry, real yeah. quick.
1: There are some, there are people that like to talk and there are people that like to write. What yeah. if you like to talk and you don't like to write any tips on how to create that document?
0: So. If you, uh, sorry, if you, do, if you want to talk and you don't want to write, no, or do you, a, you want to write.
1: Usually, people that are podcasters and video, they love yeah. to talk. They're not necessarily writers. And right. usually, these freebies are written material. So, I'm yeah. assuming maybe you've heard this objection before. And do you have any thoughts yeah. on how to, if you're a talker, how to create a PDF or a freebie that? you know um absolutely. goes against your skills.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. So there's other things that you can do. You can do mini video courses, um like a one or two video series. Um so a great example of that is Kimra Luna has something called webinars that rock, I think it's called and she has an amazing 2-day free mini video series. Mm. Um, And then I've also seen people just do audio files. So an audio training of some kind. And if you're a podcaster, that's a great way to do it. So if writing is not your strong suit and you don't want to deal with the graphic design component, there's a ton of different ways you can do your freebies.
1: Yeah. And you could also, for next to nothing, get a transcript made, right? Absolutely. And then you could maybe just make that transcript look a little nicer and have a nice little PDF. You know, How do we know which topics we should make videos about? What's your thoughts on that?
0: Right. So this is probably the top question I'm asked. Um, and a lot of the times people will come to me and say, well, I really want to do vlog style content or I really want to make funny videos. Um, and I also get, I want to go viral quite a bit. Um,
1: by the way, explain the what a thing- vlog is for some that don't know what that means.
0: Okay, so a vlog is a video blog, and we've seen a lot of people um, use this to their advantage with business. And Gary Vaynerchuk has an incredible blog. He's probably or vlog. He's probably one of the. Uh, it's the
1: basically best riffing, really, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really just like a day in the life. It's kind of behind the scenes content, and. They still are strategic. And if you're going to do vlog content, you still want to keep it focused on your business um, and keep it focused on what kind of value you can add to people. Mm -hmm. Um, So when it comes to picking your your topics, the best way to start gaining momentum on YouTube is to pick educational content because – It's a search engine at the end of the day, and it's owned by the largest search engine in the world. So, as I said before, people aren't there looking for your business name. They're not going to just seek you out directly. That would make things a lot easier. But instead, they're looking for the kind of solution that you can provide or the answer that you can provide that's going to help them in the long run. So, you want to create educational content, so how tos, tutorials, and reviews. And that's truly how my channel grew so quickly um, in the last year and a half, was because I made these educational videos that people were searching for and then they kept getting ranked. So I was getting thousands of new views every single day to my channel, which turned into thousands of new email subscribers uh, for my business. So educational content is number one. Um, and there's a big process behind how you actually do that, um, which I'll get into, I'm sure a little bit later. But the first thing that you want to think about is not just focusing necessarily on your business niche, but I also say go six degrees of separation away from what your business offers. So For example, um, if you're a restaurant, you could do, you know, recipe, um, videos. You could also do wine reviews, which is how Gary Vaynerchuk became so big. He had wine library TV or kitchen um,
1: equipment, right? Good equipment, or kitchen
0: equipment. Yeah. There's a ton of, so I always say six degrees of separation from what the core of your business is so that you can find other areas to do educational content on. For me, I started with social media tutorials. Now I talk about entrepreneurship and I talk about technology and equipment. Um, and obviously I talk a lot about video marketing. So yeah. there's a couple different articles there.
1: Uh, and, I, and I'll just add a couple. Lots. We we follow this strategy at Social Media Examiner for our our blog, our written content. So obviously, the most stuff you're going to find from us is the how-to stuff related to the social platforms, how to do this with Snapchat or how to exactly. how, how, how to generate leads with Pinterest or whatever. That's the core of what we do. But then we have all this other stuff like analytics, right? So we have lots of stuff on Google Analytics. Um, we'll have stuff on uh, video production because. Um, mm-hmm we know that marketers are creating videos too. So these are the kind of things that would be kind of like a little bit of a, like you said, part of that six degrees of separation. Exactly. So I guess the real question is there's got to be some sort of a balance, right? Like, like um, you need to have your staples or your main meal, right? You shouldn't mm-hmm. just all have desserts or you're not going to accomplish <laughs> yeah. your objectives, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I kind of, I always phrase it. um, There's three main content tiers that every company should really focus on if they want to gain momentum and also diversify the content. So it's not the same thing over and over again, as you mentioned. So I say it's education um, and that's really the core and the crux of my business um, and what I create content around. One, because it's usually the most valuable to people, but two, from a selfish perspective, it's what gets me the most traffic. Um, And then I always say that you want to do inspirational content as well. So um, anything that's going to inspire people to get moving, make them feel good, and evoke some sort of emotion. emotion. So educational, inspirational, and then I talk about doing community content a lot. So focusing on your community members and using user-generated content that they will send you or create for you um, because that creates that sense of a tribe. And a tribe is what is going to push the needle for your business.
1: Some people might say, well, I don't have any inspiration. I mean, like we don't do anything inspirational at Social Media Examiner except this podcast. Because we always do ask people to share their story, which we know does inspire people. So Mm -hmm. you're right. There is something to that. Maybe you can figure out a way to share a little bit of the story, right? And the Mm -hmm. front end of whatever you know um, you're doing, so that's pretty cool. Um, exactly. But I, but I know that you there are some people that just do purely inspirational stuff, right? And there are some oh, people yeah. that do purely how-to stuff. I guess it really depends what you're trying to accomplish and who you're trying to attract.
0: Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, um, the best way to figure out what kind of content you should be creating for your audience is paying attention to those analytics, um, both qualitative and quantitative and, and see what's working and what's resonating. And then also just ask the question. I tap into my audience all the time and I will ask them, what do you guys want me to talk about in my next video? What are some trends that you're noticing that you're having confusion around? And my audience tells me, so listening is such a huge factor in creating content that's actually going to convert for you.
1: I know that um, we talked before this interview about your research process that you go Mm -hmm. into making a specific video. Can you share some of what you do so that you might help others understand what they might be able to do?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, a lot of the times it starts with how my channel started in the first place really, or how these tutorials started and its frequently asked questions. So um, I often say, you know, every business, whether you're a beginner, or you have an established business, you have questions that you're asked every single day. And as a, a- Boss or the owner of the business, you're so in it that sometimes you don't realize how valuable that information is that you're sharing when you're answering those questions. But if one person is asking it, there's a hundred other people out there who want to know that same answer. So I always say start with uh, frequently asked questions. And if you're just starting out in business and you don't have a customer base that asks you questions, um, a great thing to do is look at people who have similar audiences to you or similar customer bases to you and go to their websites or go to their social media platforms. And check out their comment section or if they have an FAQ section on their website, go there and write all those ideas down, write all those questions down. So that's the first place to start. The next thing I do is I cross-reference it with uh, the Google search bar and the YouTube search bar. So when you type the first couple words of a query into the search bar, it's going to pop up with 10 suggested searches. And those 10 suggested searches are the 10 most popular topics around that keyword um so that's also going to provide you with 10 potentially 10 more ideas for videos so i always write those down Uh, and then my final step is i cross-reference it again with the google keyword planner Um, so i use that for basically every video that i do to make sure that the title of my video um, and the keyword that i'm using the title of my video actually has search volume behind it so when people are frustrated because they're not getting views or engagement on their videos i always ask well did you do your research before you hit record? Because if you're doing your research before you hit record, you should know that there's a built-in audience waiting for the answer um, and waiting for the content that you're about to provide. And if there is, then you're guaranteed you're going to get views on your content.
1: Okay. So just to be clear, when you say the research process, what you're really saying is you want to you want to minimize the likelihood that you make a video that will not get a lot of views. Mm-hmm right, by researching to see whether or not others are searching for the answers to that question? Is that really?
0: That's exactly it, yeah, yes. So it's a couple of steps, and then another thing that you can do is just do a quick search on YouTube and see what videos come up for that topic and see uh, how many views they have in what amount of time. So if you come across a video that is six years old and has 500 views, probably not a lot of people are looking for that topic and Mm -hmm. there's not a big audience built in for it.
1: But if you find a video that had millions of views and it's three years old.
0: Exactly. Then
1: maybe it's time for you to make the new one and get all those new views, right?
0: Yes. And and always look for opportunities as well. So you never want to copy people, but it's great to go in and see, you know, maybe there there's a video that's three years old and it hasn't been an updated topic for three years. You have an opportunity to go in there, watch that video, see what's it, what it's missing and how you can improve upon it and then make a new video for your own channel.
1: Now. I know that you have professional training um, from your degree and from your prior jobs working in television, so mm-hmm. you're used to using scripts and probably teleprompters mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. So um, for those of us that are not um, skilled at using scripts, uh, give us some advice on how we can better script out um, you know, what we're going to say when we hit record.
0: Right. So I do not use a teleprompter and I do not use a script, um, but I do use notes. And I know that it makes people more comfortable sometimes to use a teleprompter, and there's some great apps out there that you can use, but I just find you come across much more conversational when you just have scripts and notes. So, one of the um, things that, first of all, as script structure goes, you always want to make sure because people are looking for specific content, they're not necessarily looking for you or don't even know who you are yet, you want to get into the content of the video as quickly as possible. So say you're doing an educational video, a how-to video, you want to immediately, within the first 10 to 20 seconds, introduce yourself and say, we're going to teach you how to use Twitter today. So that the people that are searching for that answer know that they're going to get that in the video and that's going to keep them tuned into the entire video. So you're not duping them into watching a video that has nothing to do with that topic. Um, So script structure wise, you want to get into your content as quickly as possible, specifically on YouTube so that your retention is a lot higher. Uh, But as far as being comfortable on camera and, and scripting things out, I always suggest to people break it into sections. So have your intro and then have a point or a few bullet points for each key piece of your script and then film it in sections. So it's not so much pressure because even the best pros in the world have a hard time doing one video in one fell swoop. So if you can just record your intro, do it as many times as you want until you have the right take, save that, and then do your next bullet point in one take and then keep going throughout your whole script. And it's just a lot faster of a process than trying to do the whole thing at once. And it makes editing easier because you know that each section of the video that you recorded is good to go and you just put it in your editing editing software linearly.
1: Well, and that's that's um, that's how I do this podcast. Some people that, li- mm-hmm. that listen might just think this is like a live show and I just literally sound perfect. But actually I do record the intros and the tips, sections and the outros and all this stuff separately. And then I sew the whole thing together and it sounds perfect. And obviously the good news about video is you can easily hide transitions by throwing Mm -hmm. some B-roll in there, right?
0: Exactly. You want to explain what that is to people
1: just in case they don't know?
0: Yeah. So B-roll is basically anything that um, covers up your voice. So it goes with a voiceover. So say I'm talking right now and you'd be seeing my computer screen instead of seeing me on camera. So B-roll is basically a cover-up shot.
1: Yeah. So what's great about that is if something crazy happened on camera, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you could cut that part out. There wouldn't be any kind of transition that would be obvious because that nice little screenshot would come up and it would look like it was all planned strategically, which is really cool. Um, so what about the end of the video? Any thoughts on how to end it?
0: Yeah, so uh, you get into it quickly, 10 to 20 seconds, the meat of your content should be between two to three minutes. But the one caveat to that I would say is if it is a tutorial, people will watch as long as they need to, to get the answer to their question. Um, So it can be a little bit longer, but try and keep it um, concise. And then the ending of the video is where you wanna have two calls to action. So the first one is to drive people to what I like to call your conversion site. So if you have a free download that's gonna build your email list, Direct people to that. Tell them exactly where to go um, to subscribe, and then you also can have conversion sites like sending them directly to an e-commerce site. If you're an affiliate, um, send them to your affiliate link. Just get them off of YouTube and get them onto another platform that you own or is going to drive revenue immediately. Um, and then also your other call to action is engagement. So. I mentioned earlier that the first 24 hours are the most vital to your success on ranking um, on on page one of YouTube. So what you want to do is make sure that you're asking for those social signals that YouTube likes so much. So you want to say, make sure that you like the video, leave a comment and subscribe because the more of that that you get in the first 24 hours from your viewers, the more it tells YouTube and Google, this is quality content and we should rank it really, really high.
1: At the end of a video, and it's been a while since I've done this, um, you used to be able to embed some sort of on-the-screen call-to-action that would allow you to click out to yeah. your website, but it would only allow you to click to your domain. Did they change that, or do, does it still have to be like, like if, I, if Social Media Examiner makes a video, I can only link to a Social Media Examiner domain? Is that still accurate, or do you know? Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, you have to, it has to be something that you own, but you can now uh, link to things like merch sites. Um, and I know that there are, there is a little more leniency, but it tends to be things that you have to own. Um, and the bonus is that now, I don't know if you used, um, cards before, but it used to be annotations, but now you can use cards that drive to other videos on your channel or external links. And they're active on mobile as well as on desktop, whereas annotations are only useful on desktop.
1: Ah, that's a very good point. Yeah, I was thinking about annotations. Yes. So, so you said that um, they do allow you to link to some sort of site, and I missed what you said. I thought you said merch site oh, or something. Mer- oh,
0: yeah, merch site. So I know that this was something that they were doing before. So, like a merchandise site. So if you have like
1: oh, like a shopping or cart respect. or something like that. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha, gotcha. Very cool. All right, so I guess the next question is, how do we get more people to? ultimately watch the YouTube video and because this is a social media marketing podcast, let's talk about specifically via social. Are there any tips or techniques that you recommend?
0: Yes, so my strategy, which I think is part of the reason that again, my channel grew so fast, um, was because every video that I put out, I didn't just put it out on YouTube and that hope that people watched it. I knew that I needed to, I didn't have a subscriber base at the beginning, so I knew I needed to share it with other audiences. So every video I put out, even to this day, Within the first uh, 24 hours, my process is I share it with my email list. So every Tuesday, I send out a new email, which offers um, insider tricks and tips on that specific topic I made the video on, um, and usually just a little bit of a personal antidote. And also, I invite people to write me back on those emails so I can build my relationships with my audience. Uh, and then I post it on Facebook. So I post a native uh, video a native video teaser that's 15 to 20 seconds long, post it directly to Facebook and then okay, tell-
1: ju- Yeah, just real clear, oh. hold on a second. So so yes. you're not posting your whole video, you're making a no. separate little teaser that teaser. points to YouTube.
0: Yes, exactly. And you're
1: uploading that directly into Facebook, okay, cool.
0: Yes, yeah, so I it directly to Facebook as a native video because that gets a lot more reach than posting a YouTube link. Uh, and then I will tell people at, at the 20 second mark, go to YouTube to watch the full thing. And then I have the link to my YouTube video in my description. Uh, And then I post it three times on Twitter in the first day. And I monitor those links and whatever performs the best um, of those three links. I post the top two twice a day, for that next week. And then I post them twice a week for the next six months. And I use Hootsuite to schedule that. Um, and then I post a story on Snapchat. I post an Instagram story and I usually post the same teaser I post on Facebook to Instagram, um, to drive people uh, that way as well.
1: Have you ever thought about using any live video component as well to promote it?
0: Yes. Yeah. So I I will sometimes do basically like an after show. Um, So when I do a a topic that is a little more technical, I'll do an after show where I can have people ask me questions live about anything that they may not have understood. Very cool. All Mm -hmm. right.
1: So if we were to follow everything that you've talked about, we have been building up a repository of videos that are answering lots of questions that people have. And we are collecting our emails at what point or how do, not at what point, but how do we translate this into a business, right? So what's the, and I know you're going through this. It sounds like you're about to launch a course or you've done this before. So Mm -hmm. how do we go from constantly creating these videos to actually selling something that we are creating? Give us a little bit of insight on that.
0: Right. So um I give away a ton of content for free and that's really how I started gaining traction but eventually I realized that you can create courses for people. And so I've started creating more in-depth courses. I just uh, launched Boss Video Branding uh, about two months ago, and it did really, really well. It's 80 video modules. Each one is about 20 to 30 minutes long, and it teaches you everything from how how to create a social media strategy to how to use every single social media platform. So that's how you actually but, turn this into a business. But how did so, you how did
1: you promote that, right? Because up to this point, you've right. been creating all these useful videos that don't promote your boss course. So how right. did you actually so, transition that?
0: So how I transitioned it is um, I built that email list using all of my YouTube content. So for the majority of my YouTube videos, at the very end of it, I would offer up these free free downloads. And so then that would get people onto my email list. And then I built my relationships with my email list by emailing them every single Tuesday with free content. So then eventually when I had something to sell, I went back to that email list of targeted leads. Um, and I, I sold my course to them. We also did a webinar, um, for my audience. We built warm traffic using Facebook video, um, for the launch of this as well, but how I did it organically and the very first course I launched, I did completely organically. I created a YouTube video for it, um, which promoted it and people could purchase it directly through the description box on my YouTube video. Uh, and then I sent out emails to my email list about the the product as well, and it brought in hundreds of new customers and thousands of dollars in revenue because i had built this targeted audience through email and then I had something to actually sell to them.
1: This is the exact business model that I used to grow social media examiner. The difference between mm-hmm. what Sonny is doing and what I did is I did it with blogging mm-hmm. and you're doing it with video, and I exactly. hope that some light bulbs start going off in people's heads right now because. There really is no difference between consistently writing blog posts that are very valuable and have rich content and consistently producing videos that are very valuable and have rich content. The key to the whole thing is to capture, is to build the content, get the subscriber via email or whatever mm-hmm. subscription platform makes sense, YouTube subscriber. And once you have that subscriber and they're being fed consistently every week with your content, mm-hmm. then they will become someone who is known, right? You become known to them. They begin to trust you and like you. Mm -hmm. All those factors that allow you to begin to say, now I've got something like in my case, social media marketing world. And in your case, your boss video course, what's it called Mm -hmm. again?
0: Boss Boss video branding.
1: Boss video branding. That is the strategy to how to actually grow a business. It's really, and what's great about the content is it keeps on working. So in the case of YouTube, as long as that content is good, that could work for years for you. And in the case exactly. of blogging, it's the same thing. It's just that they're found different and different people. Mm-hmm. Some people like to learn by watching, some by reading.
0: Yep. So
1: it's it's a, it's a an awesome model for anybody out there who all this time have been saying, I'll never be successful because I can't write. Well, guess what? That's not true. Because if you can talk, then you can do what Sunny has done. Sunny, this exactly. is so cool. Um, I want you to tell people where they can discover more about you and all the awesome stuff you've got going on.
0: Sure. So my website, SunnyLinardDoozie.com, and that has links to all of my other social platforms. And then I created this um, Facebook group, and it's grown to about 5,000 people all around the world in the last... months, And it's called the Be Your Own Boss Mastermind Group. And I'm in there. Everybody in there is an entrepreneur. A lot of them are online entrepreneurs. And we're just supporting each other and growing our businesses, uh, growing our brands and living lives on our own terms. And it's a really, really awesome place to be if you're thinking about creating your own business.
1: Go ahead and spell your, your URL. So everybody, cause some people might not actually think to spell sure. it all correctly. Sure.
0: So it's a long, long one too. So it's sunnyleonarduzzi.com. So it's S-U-N-N-Y-L-E-N-A-R-D-U-Z-Z-I or z z i.
1: Z z z z. We got a global audience. Z-Z-Z. Everybody will figure it out. <laughs> and we'll be sure to have that link in the show notes. And if they want to find out about your, uh, your group, can they get that through the website or how do they, how do they find uh, out? Or is that, so is that part of it? That- yeah,
0: go ahead. To find that, the, the link is actually byoboss.today. Um, so hopefully we can put that in the show notes too, but that's how you get access
1: Sweet. to it. All right, Sunny Leonardi- Leonarduzzi. <laughs> Sorry, yes. I pronounced Hold it on. wrong. Sunny, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us and sharing your insight. And it's my great hope that you will inspire lots of people to go out there and grow a business on YouTube. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, I hope you got a lot out of today's interview. If there is anything that we mentioned, you didn't catch it. We take all the notes for you. Socialmediaexaminer.com slash 226. Also, are you new to this podcast? We've got an excellent lineup of shows coming. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss it. Lastly, check out Social Media Marketing World 2017. Visit socialmediaworld17.com. It's the conference you know you do not want to miss. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.